Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Good morning. As I said, I'm Pastor Andrew. Um, It's great to be here this morning. I see a lot of familiar faces, and some faces I haven't met yet. And so just real quick, I've grown up my whole life on the South Arkansas District. I went to Greenwood Church of the Nazarene, lived just outside of Fort Smith, and this church and the people in this church have meant so much to my life growing up, Uh, and God has used this church in amazing ways. And growing up, I eventually accepted a call into ministry, went to Southern Nazarene University. I was actually there along with uh, Brittany and Alex uh, Jenkins, and I graduated with a degree in pastoral ministry. But along the way, God called me to Magnolia, Arkansas, to plant a new church there. It's called The Bridge, a church of the Nazarene. And I'm so excited to be here this morning to share a little bit about that and just to share a message with you. Um, after the service, sorry, after the service, I do have some cards if you're interested in receiving some of my information. Uh, these are just, they'll have my email address, phone number, things like that. And then also I have connection cards so that each of us can stay connected with each other. If you're interested in receiving updates or how to give to the bridge and support the bridge, anything like that, that will be on this card. And I would love to, if you would fill it out for that purpose, because like I said, I've grown up in the South Arkansas district. This is home. And now the work that's being done in Magnolia and at the bridge has come about through a lot of the influences that this church has had on my life and the support that you've given. So whether you knew it or not, when you came to this church today, you have a ministry in Magnolia, Arkansas. And so if you'd like to stay connected with that, just find me after the service. I'll give you one of these connection cards, and we can stay connected in that way. Like I said, I'm excited to be here this morning. Um, We've been doing cookouts and small groups and all kinds of things uh, In Magnolia, we're actually getting ready to start a small group this evening. Um, I'm very excited about that and just very excited about what God has planned there. I'm seeing what I'm most excited about is we just had a cookout yesterday and I'm starting to see teenagers coming to this, uh, coming to this church, to the start of this community. And it's amazing because Magnolia is a college town. Um, and we're excited about the college students being there, but even before they've gotten there, God is already starting to reach people and speak to them in ways that they may have not felt cared for before or known that they were loved. And now through the bridge, because we believe that the church is a perfect bridge to connect neighbor and neighbor and also people to God, when you're at the church, you can make that crossing point, and that's where heaven and earth can connect. And so it's amazing to see these people I almost brought tears to my eyes yesterday when people were saying, I love doing these neighborhood cookouts because I feel like we finally get to know our neighbors. And someone else said, well, now it's my turn. I feel like I should do something and invite neighbors to our house. And so once God shows up in the place where God says he's going to be, amazing things happen. And so wherever God may be calling you today... I can already tell you, if God is calling you there, God's going to be there. And God is here this morning because each one of you, I believe, have answered the call to come to church this morning, whether it's online virtually or it's here in the service, you are answering God's call. And so I would just like to say a word of prayer real quick, um, just so that we can enter into this moment and recognize that God has called, 
We have answered, and God is faithful to meet us where he calls. So let's pray. Father, this morning, I just thank you. I thank you for the ways that you've already been here. I thank you for the ways that you will continue to be here and continue to reach the people in this room who maybe this week was a tough one. Maybe this week wore them down and brought them to a point where they just, they need to hear your voice. Maybe this is something that they do every week as they log on to their computer or their phone or they come into this church service physically. But God, maybe you're ready to do a new thing in their life today. Whatever the case may be, God, we know that you have called us here, your good people, to worship your good name. So God, today I pray that you will speak to our hearts. I pray that you will help me as I endeavor to speak your word. We thank you for your word. But above all, I pray right now for the hearers of your word. In your name I pray. Amen. So this morning, we're going to go over a kind of familiar passage. Uh, it's in the book of Matthew, starting, and it's in chapter 5. And we're going to start with talking about salt today. So... Salt has so many purposes. How many of you right now have salt in your kitchen? Right? Almost all of us. For me, salt might as well be a food group. Um, everything that I eat, it seems like just salt makes it better, right? Um, you can have too much of it, but for the most part, you have to have enough, right? We notice if there's not enough. But salt has so many purposes. Salt can, can use, be used for healing, Salt can be used to preserve food. Salt can be used, uh, like I said, for healing. Have you ever had a sore throat? Gargle salt water. Makes it better. It can be used even as something to remove pests. Have you ever seen salt on a slug? <laughs> salt has so many purposes. And in the past, salt was even used as a major form of currency because it was so valuable. People would trade salt, and it was very, very valuable because of the purpose that it could use. And so here we see Jesus is talking to his disciples, and we're going to start in verse 13, and we're just going to go to, we're really just going to read through verse 13 to begin this. So just listen here at what Jesus says. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So, salt has many purposes. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he is saying to them, you are the salt of the earth. I believe what he's saying here is, if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you have many purposes in this world. You can go into the world, and you can reach others. You can reach those who maybe have had a terrible tragedy happen in their life. You can be an encouragement, or someone to hold their hand and walk beside them. You can maybe help warn someone and keep them away from a danger. Maybe kind of like a pesticide. You can help lead them away from that potential threat. You can go into the world and be salt to this earth and be valuable. You have value as a disciple of Jesus Christ because of the work that the Spirit can do in you. And so when you go out into the world, you're not just 
out there with a relationship with Jesus and doing no good to others. No, you have a purpose and a call to be salt and to be beneficial to others in the world through the power of the Spirit of Christ that's living in you. But it's interesting here, it says our salt can lose its saltiness. And when that happens, what good is it? It's of no good. It's of no use. So what good is salt that loses its saltiness? What happens when a disciple loses their saltiness? And how can that happen? Well, for that, I think we have to back up and see how Jesus starts this chapter and kind of talking about, uh, we call it the Beatitudes, but kind of what that kingdom life, that living a life of a disciple looks like. So starting in verse uh, 3, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. When does salt lose its saltiness? Well, when it does, it's not worth anything. Because it can't be used for the purposes it was laid out for. And so, when a disciple stops looking to show mercy and instead shows contempt, when a disciple stops thinking about being recognizing the fact that they're poor in spirit and just going to Christ with that and decides, I'm going to take it on myself and try to grab power wherever I can, or other riches wherever I can in this world that might offer, when a disciple in Jesus Christ stops losing that obedience to God, they can lose that saltiness because they're no longer able to be used for the purpose in this world that's been laid out for them. Because you today have a purpose. And if you haven't heard that before, I'm going to start right now and just say, Jesus Christ loved you so much and saw the purpose that you could fulfill in this world for his name and for God's glory, that he came and lived and died for you. And so today, that is how much of a purpose God sees for your life as he is willing to die for it. And if we turn away from this purpose that God has given us, if we turn away and are no longer allow ourselves to be salty, then we can't be used for that purpose. So that part of this message is a warning and something to pay attention to, to say we need to constantly be looking for Jesus Christ and how he's leading us in our lives. We need to constantly be looking to fulfill these beatitudes as God gives them to us, pure in heart, merciful, righteousness. That's the salt of the earth. But you are also the light of the earth. As we keep on going, verse 14 
You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world. And this is a big statement that Jesus says here, because in John chapter 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world, which he is. Jesus is the light of the world. We find in John chapter 1, he says, the light came into the world and shined into the darkness, and the darkness couldn't overtake it. This same light that Jesus Christ is, the way that he can go out into the world and reach others with love and care and save When Jesus fills our lives with that light, we can go into the world and we can reach those places of darkness and they can't overcome us. And I know that it's easy in this world right now when things start pressing in to say there's so much that's trying to squash that light. There's so much that is making it so hard to let that light shine. But let's not forget the light shines into the darkness And the darkness can't overcome it. And I find it interesting that Jesus says the part about a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Have you ever seen a bright city and the lights shining out? Sometimes it even gets hard when you're in the city to look up and you can't even see the stars because the light is shining so bright. I find it interesting that he says this right after in the Beatitudes. He talks about, blessed are you when people persecute you. I think that Jesus is saying here that no outside source can ever squash or cover the light that is in you given by Jesus Christ. This light that we have, this power that we have, cannot be shut out. In fact, he says rejoice when you face this type of persecution. Because that means that you're doing the work of Jesus Christ. That means that you're shining that light. And God is to be praised and glorified for that because all glory will go to him when that light shines. Do you see darkness in your world today? Have you been walking in darkness for a time? Are you in a place where you're just like, I would love to have some type of light enter into my life or into the life of others? How important is light? We talked about how salt has so many uses. Light has so many uses. I mean, look around you today. Above you, beside you, in front of you, behind you. Thank you. We have a light show going right now. But imagine if there was no light. I hate to drive in the dark, so if there was no light, I wouldn't be here today. But creation thrives off of light. And light, when it shines onto the darkness, the darkness can't stand there. Light that shines, shines out everywhere. And it can never be squashed out by an outside source when it's the light of Jesus Christ. But Jesus still gives us the challenge and the reminder to let our light shine before others. Now, if it can't be squashed by an outside source and we have the light in us, then why does Jesus have to remind us to let our light shine? I think it's because even though others can't squash that light, you can choose whether or not you're going to cover it up. 
And that's why Jesus says here, you don't put a bowl over a lamp. I think of this as when my nieces and nephews were growing up, and probably when I was growing up, and you can probably relate to this, when a little one decides for the first time, realizes they can reach the light switch. And they reach all the way up, and they can flip that switch on and off, right? And so you may be in a room, and you're talking to people, you're talking to friends, talking to family, and all of a sudden, everything goes dark. And you start looking around, and you see the little one over there with a big smile on his face, because he realized, I could do that all by myself. But it didn't make any sense to turn the light off in that moment. And so they have to learn, and they have to go and grow and realize, oh, This is when we have the lights on. This is when we have the lights off. For us as Christians, I feel like a lot of times we want to, or the temptation can be, to turn that light off. But Jesus says nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl. And this made a lot of sense in his time because back in Jesus' day, A lot of times they had one-room houses with no windows. And so they would light a lamp and put it up on a lampstand in the middle of the house so that everyone could have light. So imagine if everyone has light, no windows in the house, so even in the daytime it would be dark otherwise, and someone puts a bowl over it, nothing can be accomplished. The work can't be done. Those who the light would reach aren't receiving it. So why... If we know the goodness of this light that we have and how it's changed and affected our lives, why would we ever hide it? And I don't have a great answer for that. But we do it. Maybe you feel like, well, I received this light and my salvation is sure, so that's all that matters. Well, my family received this light, and their salvation is sure, so that's all that matters. But I don't think that that's the gospel, because the gospel says, let your light shine before others. Jesus doesn't specify there who that is. It just means everywhere you go, let that light shine. Maybe sometimes the temptation can be, well, they don't deserve to see that light. The things that they've done, all that they did, they don't deserve to see it. But that again isn't the gospel because Jesus died for all. And I believe that that light shining, since we can't be squashed by persecution, that should lead us even more to shine that light into the places that are trying to hold us back. Praying for our enemies. Praying for those who persecute us. Because if you can't stop us, if we have this unstoppable light through Jesus Christ, then let's let that light shine. And let's, let's, let's let that light move forward. A lot of times, though, we tried to build these boxes. And that's a dangerous place to be when we start to build boxes for this light to keep it trapped inside. If we don't go out, how will the world know? You might know what this is, and this is where things get crazy. This is a confetti cannon. I hold a lot of power right now. I don't know who has to clean up uh, 
the sanctuary, but uh, take a deep breath. It's okay. I'm not going to fire this confetti cannon. I'm going to fire this confetti cannon. (laughs) See, this right here was called a confetti popper. I saw this in Walmart and I thought, that's pretty good. And then I saw this. No, this is so much better. This is called a confetti blaster. (laughs) See, I thought when I was coming to Wicks, Arkansas, I said to myself, they don't need a popper at Wicks, Arkansas. No, no, no. They need the confetti blaster because we have been given this light of Jesus Christ and we have something to celebrate. When you fire off a confetti cannon, you are celebrating something. It could be the birth of a child. It could be a surprise party. It could be all kinds of things that you fire off this confetti cannon for to let everyone know this is an exciting thing that just happened, so let's celebrate. So this morning, we have been filled with the light of Jesus Christ. Jesus lived and died and rose again, and now he leads us to save us from our sins, and we will spend eternity with the Father, and that is something to celebrate. Amen? And so this morning, we're going to celebrate with a confetti cannon, not the confetti popper. We're going to celebrate with the confetti blaster. And so, get ready for this, okay? It's going to be a little bit of a pop, but this is going to be so exciting. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Woo! Yeah! Celebration! Confetti everywhere! This is the moment! It's not quite as exciting with a box over it, is it? See, this was supposed to be a lot bigger. I mean, I got the blaster and it was, it was exciting. Imagine being inside the box when that blaster went off. I mean, that's a party, right? But here's the thing. A lot of people... This is how they, they see the church. A lot of people, this is how they see and hear the life, of, the life with Christ. Oh man, it's the best thing you've ever, you've ever seen. Oh my goodness, it'll change your life. It's something to celebrate. And they look over and they see it. And they see a box. Because if you can't see the confetti cannon, if you don't get to see that light, if someone's shining the light, the light can be as bright as it needs to be. But if it's in a box to where you say, oh, but I can't show you this, then they're never going to see it. They can hear about a confetti cannon all day long. But if they look over and just see a box, that's not a celebration. This is how it can feel a lot of times for people who are outside, who hear about the church and hear about you should be living this way because this way will help you so much. But if they don't see it, then they'll never experience it for themselves. And I think what Jesus says here is he turns it. You may be sitting here and saying, well, I can't sing like the people sang today. I can't speak like the people spoke today. I'm afraid that if I start speaking, nobody's going to listen. You know what Jesus says here? Shine your light so that they will see your good deeds and that will glorify the Father. It's about how you live your life. 
Yes, words need to be spoken. Someone at some point needs to hear this good news, but first they need to see it. And I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe it looks like when your coworker walks through the door saying an encouraging word because you know they've gone through a tough time. Maybe it looks like the single mom that you know is down the road who could just use an extra set of hands so she can get her grocery shopping done in a week. Maybe it looks like the 87-year-old widow who's been trapped in her house since the start of the pandemic and could just really use a phone call saying, hey, how could I pray for you this week? Maybe it looks like a smile or just being there when someone needs you. It doesn't have to be always words. This light and this spirit changes our lives so that everywhere we go, we can shine it. And even the little things that we do. Scripture says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And if the spirit of the Lord is in us, then everywhere that we go, we're carrying freedom. Not just for ourselves, but for someone else. So this morning, maybe you've looked at the church. Maybe you've looked at your life and seen a box and not a reason to celebrate. But I'm here to tell you today that there is a light that each and every one of you are filled with and you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You have purpose, you have light, and it can be carried out. So let's not, just like you wouldn't cover a lamp with a bowl, you are the confetti cannon of the world, and you would not fire a confetti cannon inside of a box. Because what purpose is that doing? So I say, if we're the light of the world, if we're the confetti cannon of the world, then let's go ahead and let's let our light shine. Amen? It's time to celebrate what Jesus has done. And what's amazing is when you start carrying this light into the world, into these dark places, can you hold this for me? Thank you. We are stronger together. Amen? All of us in here today, because we are together, our light can shine even brighter. But as we go into our world and we come to church, can you hold this for me, please? Thank you. We come into church and our light grows. But when we go into the world, into those dark places, we can then look out and look around and there's a light shining in the world. There's a light shining in the world. There's a light shining in the world. This, my friends, is the gospel. So my challenge to you today is the same as the challenge that Jesus gave his disciples so long ago, because you have a purpose. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We are the confetti cannon of the world. Let that light shine before others so that they can see your good deeds done through the work of the Spirit in Jesus Christ and glorify their Father in heaven. Amen? Let's be light to the world this week. Let me pray. Father, I do thank you for these good people. I thank you for these good people. I thank you for the way that you've met us here today. 
And I thank You for the light that You've shined into the world. God, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for You sending Your Son, Jesus Christ, all that time ago, to preach these words. He used a lamp, I used a confetti cannon, but the meaning is the same. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Jesus. We wouldn't be living the lives that we're living if it wasn't for Jesus. But God, there are people out there right now who don't know that light. Who haven't experienced it. God, help us to shine that light and be faithful to you everywhere we go. I believe that you are ready to do amazing work in the city of Wicks and the surrounding areas through the people here. So God, help us to do that and to work together in everywhere that we go. God, once again, we thank you for the light of the world, Jesus Christ, and how he works in each of our lives. We love you. We need you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for having me here this morning. Um, I don't know if there's anything else before you're dismissed. No? All right. Just one more word real quick. If you could please, I thank you so much for your support of the bridge. Um, I am here. I'm their pastor over there in Magnolia. But just please say a prayer for us when it comes to your mind. Um, because we are connected. And the light in Wicks... And the light all across South Arkansas, the light in Magnolia, we can all shine brighter to reach people for the kingdom. And so please, when you think of it, say a prayer. I'll be saying a prayer for each of you. We love you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.